Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And as always, I'm so glad when this day happens and this hour happens. And I really have an amazing guest with me today, and I'm so excited. Her name is Carrie Scott. And you know how much I love books, so I'm always wanting to do authors because I love books. And so her book is called Untangled, and it is Let God Loosen the Knots of Insecurity in Your Life. And I just have to tell you, listeners, that you know I read some of this book, and I have not finished it completely, but the idea of tangled is so amazing and how God untangles what the enemy tangles up and what we tangle up ourselves. And and so this author, Carrie, Carrie Scott, she is a speaker and a certified Bible life coach. And she really challenges women to be real, you know, not perfect, you know, even when real is messy, because we talk a lot about messy on this show. And she speaks to women's groups and writes an online devotional. And it's really designed to help women be who God created them to be. And so she lives in Colorado with her husband and she has two children. And so Carrie, welcome. Just say hi to the listeners and... Hello. Thanks for having me on today. Well, I'm really excited. And, you know, I'm noticing here, I looked through all the paperwork I have from you, but I have no contact information if people wanted to get a hold of you or do you want them to go to your, do you have a website? Do you have? I do. I've got a website and my name is spelled kind of wonky. So let me spell it out for you. The website is CarrieScottTalks.com and you spell my first name C-A-R-E-Y. So it's CarrieScottTalks.com. But I've also um, just created a new website specifically Tangled Focused, and its um, web address is UntangledWomen.com. And you can get to me there as well, but that offers a lot of resources to support this book and this idea that we are tangled up. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that, Untangled Women. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. Because, yeah. you know, we can complicate things, can't we? Right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, so good. So, you know, I really am excited about this book. And so, obviously, everybody wants to know why you wrote the book. You know, what was the whole point? What's the hope you have for women and this whole idea of Untangled, how it happened? Well, after all that I have been through my life, and there has been a tremendous amount of evil that has come my way, there has been seasons of bad choices that I've lived through, and I've often found myself saying, God, let my pain uh, be used for something. You know, let it not be for naught, in other words. Use my life and, and the things that I've learned to encourage others. And I felt about three years ago, God telling me that it was time to share. And I've been speaking with women's group for women's groups for 10, 10 years or so, writing a blog for most of that. And so I'm, I've always been very vulnerable and transparent. I believe that the, there's a power in your testimony. But he wanted me to write this book and share things that I had never publicly shared, things that there was shame attached to them, there was guilt attached to them, and, and so he asked me to, to pin this book, and it was a wild ride. Um, it 
did a lot of good for me personally. Just some of the stuff I didn't realize, gosh, I was even really struggling with. God revealed that through this, through me just taking the time and being obedient enough to write this out. And so I feel like that my book, Untangled, is God's, it is my answer to God saying, um, you know, your story is encouraging. There's power and testimony, and I want you to share it with the world. And so that is why I wrote it. Well, you know, it is. I think people, if they've never written anything, have no way of understanding how exposing, mm-hmm. how vulnerable. And, and when you start, you know, it's one thing for me to talk about my story. It's another thing when I read it. All yeah. of a sudden, when I read it, I go, oh, do I really want to say it that way? And oh my gosh, that's really, is it really like, it sounds really bad when I read it. When I say it, it feels a little bit different. It's a little more distancing. That's so true. And that so, is a great point, yeah, actually. It's, it's very powerful, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of courage to write, but then also to put it out there. Somebody said to me recently, thank you for your courage to write this book, and I burst into tears <laughs> yeah. because I thought, you know what, that's exactly what this was, and, and thank you for seeing that, for, for understanding that uh, it was courageous for me to open up and share, because, you know, that's, there are parts that you don't want to share, and there are parts that you're afraid of what other people will think if you share your story, and so when somebody said that, just that courageous book, you know, thank you for being bold and courageous, it just did something to my heart, and it's the fun thing is this, you know, you talked about how it's a different writing than speaking, and I've been speaking a lot longer than I've been writing. Absolutely. And, yeah, and I remember writing, and I would be thinking I'm heading in one direction, and all of a sudden I type, would type something out, and I would just stop and just cry and go, oh my gosh, God, are, is that real? I mean, do I really, am I really that covered with shame? And yes. it was uh, such an amazing process with the Lord just to get it out on paper. Well, it, it's so amazing, this book, because when you talk about, you know, insecurities and how insecure women are. And, and, and unfortunately, we have not necessarily become more secure in our yeah. culture. And, you know, you, I read this one part in your book, you talked about, you know, something about you didn't have this and didn't have that, but you did have good hair and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so this is so funny, because one of the things that I've always complained to God is I wanted big hair and big boobs. Okay? That's just, and, and I'm not, I don't have that, you know, you don't no, have either. no, I don't. I have very fine hair. It's like very like little angel hair. Okay. And, mm. And, you know, people compliment it, but it is always my nemesis, right? So whenever I see someone with good hair, I'm like, oh, God, you know, and so (laughs) it's so funny because this happened to me. This is like back in like late 80s, okay? And, um, you know, I I was a Christian and I, you know, read the Bible and I was really coming to a different place in my faith. And, you know, and I always was complaining to God about me. You know, why wasn't I made like this? Why didn't you do this? Why do I have to be like this? Why aren't I like that? You know, on and on and on. And I was doing one of my devotionals one morning. And now God is generally very kind to me because I'm, you know, quite sensitive. And, mm. and so he's, he doesn't generally just flat out rebuke me, you know. Well, this was one of those, I mean, this was in my face rebuke. Mm-hmm. And it was Romans 9.20. And it jumped off the page. It was, who are you, a man, to talk back to God and say, why did you make me like this? Oh verbatim my. to what I would say to him. And it hit me like, I mean, it was like, you know, the X-Men. I was like, like flying through the room, hit the wall, you know. <laughs> I was like, ow. Okay. And yeah, God right. really clearly, now not word by word, but the the concept, the impetus of his, th- his thought was, Cynthia, I'm done. I don't want to hear it anymore. I like how I made you. I designed you that way. That was my plan. If you don't like you, that's your problem now. I like you. I would love it if you liked you. I wish you enjoyed yourself as much as I enjoyed you. 
but frankly, you are not allowed to complain to me any longer about who you are. And it was, I mean, he has never talked to me that way, but it was very helpful to me. <laughs> I mean, it gave sure. me a great reference point, and I thought, you know, God, you are right. You're right. Yeah. And I, it really helped to untangle some things for me. Even if, even if it didn't fix something, it gave me a really different way of thinking of things about how he saw me. I think that people believe that our differences are defects. Exactly. And, and what we don't realize and don't really understand is that he delights in the way that he made us. Exactly. And I often tell my kids, you know, God chose you. Like he designed you. He sat down to the drawing table and thought, ooh, I'm going to give her brown hair. Right. And oh my gosh, wouldn't blue eyes be gorgeous with that? And, and he, you know, he develops who you are. He creates you. And then he decides when you're going to come on the scene, exactly. the calendar, and the talents you're going to have, and the challenges you're going to have, and the message you're going to share. And every bit of you is designed. But but we fall into this comparison trap mm-hmm. where, well, my hair is not like hers, or my ministry is not like hers, or my boobs are not like hers, right, or right. I don't have toned legs and I can't right. cook like she does. My marriage is not like hers. And we start looking across you know, the aisle, across the fence, and you know, across the room, and comparing ourselves with everybody. And that's, it was never, we were never intended to be the same with anybody well, else. Exactly. And you know, what happened with me in that moment with God, because he's only done that to me one other time in my life, was because I saw in that moment how often he was trying to help me be okay with me and love who I was. And he was being so kind and so gentle and so supportive of all of my insecurities. And he finally just said, you know what? You have to know how much you're hurting me now. And it was like a whole different, it was a flip of, wow, God, I'm really understanding how proud God is of me, how much he loves me. And my feelings about me are not his feelings about me. Uh And it's the same as you have children. You know, when you hear them denigrate themselves, right? Yes. It's like, oh, don't do that. Well, and we are our our worst bully. Yes, I mean, we there, are. Oh you know, my if goodness! You, I, and I want to challenge the readers just to take a day and or the listeners to take a day and to think through all of the negative things you say to yourself. You know, you drop something and you're like, "Oh, that was stupid," or you're at the store. I should have remembered my list. I forget everything. <laughs> right, or dinner right. was burned, and I, you know, right. we are so mean to ourselves. Well, it is amazing. You know, I tell clients on a daily basis, like I had this one client that was so bad about that habit that I said, okay, I want you to stand up. And we stood at one side of my office and I said, I want you to start walking. And I stood right next to her shoulder, touching her shoulder. And I started saying mean things to her every step she took. Mm. I said, that's what you have going on in your head. How does that feel? That's so good. And it helped her to get a really tangible feeling of what she's doing inside of her head Uh and how natural that is for us to do. We don't even realize it's so we sad. Do it. It's so mm-hmm. sad that it is mm-hmm. so natural to us. So exactly. I'm I'm excited about this. We have about two minutes, and and tell me, like maybe in the next minute, what is your hope for women as they read this book? I just my heart for this is that women will read this book and that they will find their story in the pages, and that they will hear God's voice speaking to them through it, and that they will understand. Hands down, the only way we can become untangled is to tap into the Lord. You know, I've tried everything else. I've tried it. I've tried cookies and church and <laughs> right. community and Chardonnay and every other thing. I've tried Exercise, it all. Diet. I've tried to make myself feel better <laughs> and to like who I was, and, and it wouldn't work, at least not for long. But God, is the, he is the divine untangler. 
and he sees those knots and he is gentle to untie them in us and to speak the truth of who we really are. And that is what I hope that readers walk away with is just hope and encouragement um, that there is that there is a way that they can be untangled from all these things that are killing their self worth. I love that when you use the you know he just untangles all those tiny knots. It's like mm-hmm. the person that has that beautiful piece of jewelry that doesn't want it to break, mm-hmm. and they take the time to just really meticulously yes. untangle it. And oh, I just love that. So, mm-hmm. so Carrie, you're going to be with me through this whole entire hour. So I'm very excited about this. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment with Carrie Scott as we talk about her book, Untangled. If you can't listen to this show in its entirety, you can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and hear the entire show. Again, welcome, uh, welcome Carrie Scott with me in the next segment. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. So glad that you are with me today. And I'm excited. I have a, a new guest with me. And she has a book that's out, and it is called Untangled. This is Carrie Scott. And I am loving this book, I have to tell you. Oh, thank because you. Because I, I really am. And I, I have lots of clients that I can use it with. And I like the workbook sections. You have these really good, thoughtful questions at the end of each chapter. So this is very helpful. So we're going to really talk about, maybe this is about, oh, we have about 10 minutes or so, nine minutes, about this whole idea of how, we, as women, we are so filled with insecurities. Now, I know that this can certainly manifest in men as well, um, but this book is kind of geared toward women, wouldn't you say? Yes, I okay. absolutely would. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of us insecurities and, and body image and relationships and you know, all that performance-oriented stuff of what we think we should be, could be, would be, ought to be, you know, and how crazy that can make us. Mm-hmm. We live in this world that bombards us with images all day long of what we should look like, the kind of mom we should be, how we should act in our relationships, what our marriage should look like, how we should find fulfillment in our careers. And I have learned that the word should is such a shaming word. Absolutely. <laughs> it makes me realize it just in, in that one word and that one syllable, it, it says you're not enough is what that says to me. Well, you know, in the recovery movement, they say stop shooting on yourself. That's so good, yes. (laughs) That's so good. But we see these commercials every day that teach us that we should desire a clean floor above everything else in life or a clean bathroom. And so if we're not using this product, we're not doing it right. You see these airbrushed images on the computer of women that don't even actually look like that because the computer has gone back in and altered and changed and reshaped their bodies, yet we compare ourselves to what we see that's not even real. Or we get so tied up in what's going on in Hollywood. A friend of mine asked me the other day, you know, what do you think about these two couples, this power couple? And I looked at her and I said, (laughs) I don't care. I can't get so tied up in what they're doing because they're not my standard of living. Besides the fact, we we don't know what, there's even any truth at all. Exactly. They have such a team of people that make yes. them look perfect. Yes. Right. Yes. Or, or we get caught up in these romance novels, these trashy novels that make us feel like we are not being at what we should be in the bedroom with our husbands or our marriage is not romantic like that or our husband doesn't bring exactly. us things exactly. like that. 
and, you know, doesn't bring us flowers like he did in the book. And so we have a horrible marriage and we have a horrible husband. And so all these things that we, we have, we are so buying into the world's values and standards that we are pushing God aside and saying, I know you say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but I don't really believe it. Because the world says I'm wonderfully made if I have this size in my jeans. And right. if the scale says this number, then I'm wonderfully made. And well, so we get really tangled up in that. Well, we do, because, you know, what, one of the things that God does is makes the world horizontal, that we are all yeah. equal. We're all wonderfully made. We are all uniquely made. There's no way to compare a unique person to a unique person. There's just yeah. no comparison. But we end up making the world vertical. So now it's on this hierarchy, and am I, I'm better than them or worse than them. You, you know, and it's this striving feeling. And I, I tell clients this, you know, I said, listen, this is what you're doing when you're comparing. You're, you're taking a snapshot of somebody else's life and comparing that snapshot to your life in its entirety. And all you understand is that you drive up to a stoplight. You look over there. You see this beautiful brunette, perfect nails, perfect, you know, hair. She's in a convertible Mercedes on a phone with a big ring. And you think you're less than. And little do you know, she's talking to me because she wants to kill herself. And that's true. That's a true that's story. So good. Mm. And it's like, people are like, really? And I said, yes. I said, you're comparing your insides to their outsides. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what's going on in their life. And even remember, if, go ahead. I remember driving to school one day, taking my kids to school. They're middle schoolers now, but this was a couple of years ago. And I looked like I was completely <laughs> homeless. I mean, I don't think I had looked at my hair or the mascara on my face. I had, right. you know, maybe, maybe the same shoe on, maybe not. I had, you know... You're just just getting them to school. (laughs) Exactly. I was just getting them to school. That's all I had to do. And I remember seeing this mom, and she was walking up with her kids, and she had the cutest workout clothes on, just (laughs) looked adorable. And I know she's probably already done, you know, her workout for the day and has dinner in the crock pot, and her kids' (laughs) clothes match. And I'm just going, I mean, so often we compare our very worst to somebody else's very best, like that snapshot you're talking about. And we make a huge judgment call. Uh, Against us. Against us. We never come out on top. Right. And now we're we're the big loser. Uh Uh-huh. You know, and that is the enemy's playground. Without a doubt. Yes. I mean, he enjoys that place more than we could ever imagine. And he Mm -hmm. just continues to increase it. Right. So how how do you help people with this whole idea of feeling unworthy and not being loved and not cherishing who who God has made. That is a tough one because everybody has a different tangle and everybody Ah, is tangled a little differently and a little tighter some (laughs) and looser. And I guess there's not a, there's not a one size fits all answer except God. And I, I tell people all the time, you know, I don't know if I will ever fully be free of insecurity with my body image, but I'm quicker to catch myself when I make a judgment call or when I entertain those ideas or when I compare myself to somebody else, I am quicker to go, wait a minute, that's not truth. You know, I'm seeing the enemy's plans rather than walking down the path. I might go to the path and then turn around and walk back. So I think it's awareness. I think the biggest thing for me, and I would say for listeners too, is just to even know that you're tangled. I don't even think I realized how very knotted up my self-worth had been. And so even just understanding that, and I unpack it in great detail in this book. That's a great point. Yeah. Just to understand that. How did you come to the awareness? How did you come to that awareness about being so tightly or so knotted up? I believe that 
the Lord let me just hit the bottom. Uh, and I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I had nothing else. I was so desperate to feel loved and to feel accepted. And it's not that my husband wasn't trying to, to be that way and to love me and to speak life into me, but I was so just my, my weary soul was so destitute. I, I just needed something else. Nothing was fixing me and I hit the bottom. And I feel like that's when God came in and just started speaking this concept to me of reminding me who I was and who I'm not. And, you know, when I was very young, I was abused, sexually abused at age four. And I remember walking out of the apartment and the man said to me, you are bad and you are dirty and you will never be worth anything. Oh my gosh. I mean, who says that to a four-year-old? An evil person. But I believed it. Yes. So that, and since I didn't tell my parents for eight years, because it would have been my fault, I was told, that message sank so deep into my DNA, I didn't even realize I was operating in that. And it's, so my yes. whole life, I look back and I think I have been tangled since that moment. It's amazing how the enemy comes in as early as possible because he knows if he gets it into the very beginning of our mm-hmm. being, you know, and we are just developing and, and we can't refute it because we don't have that logical part of our brain yet happening, mm-hmm. that he just comes in. It's just like this toxic, like, just bomb that yes. just keeps going off at every moment in our life. It's horrible. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's a really powerful uh, awareness to say, okay, I have choice. And so I can choose how I think about me, which is kind of what you're saying. So listeners, join me again with Carrie Scott. This is so fascinating to me. I I love this book, Untangled. And this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We'll be back in about one minute. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me today. I have with me today Carrie Scott. She has authored the book book Untangled, and I'm very excited about this book. It is about letting God loosen the knots of insecurity in your life. So if you haven't been able to listen to this show, if you're just joining in, you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. So Carrie, thank you so much for being here today. Yes, having a great time. Oh, it's awesome. And so we're talking about this idea of, you know, the way we think and all these, you know, knots and some are some of us are really tightly knotted and really tangled and how God really loosens those tangles in us. And you were talking about this idea of it was really about having the awareness about how knotted up you were. So talk a little bit about that and how you when God started to untangle those what you did. That's a really great question. I think it was kind of a slow burn. Like, I'm not sure that I woke up one day and I was like, yes, I have figured it out. All I have to do now is choose to think this way. Because that to me is very (laughs) performance-based. And and I've tried that. I've tried positive thinking and positive affirmations. I've stood in front of my mirror and told me how wonderful I was. And I've done all that. But I think when I hit that bottom and I realized the only thing I had – the only thing I, I had left was God. Like he, I had nothing. I had tried it all. And I was looking at all the different places in my life where I was falling apart and things were failing. And I was so desperate. And I cried out 
to God mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. me. Like I, my marriage is in trouble. I don't want my kids to be raised in a, with a mother that, you know, in, reinforces this idea in their own lives. I don't, you know, I, my, my friendships are struggling. I am tangled with, you know, my family. And I mean, it was just everywhere. I felt like I, I was about to fall apart and I just started crying out to God. And I feel like when I decided at that moment, I'm done. Like, I can't fix this. I've tried, and I can't fix it anymore, and I've got to have you. I feel like that choice that I made absolutely gave God the permission, if you will, because he's not pushy. I mean, he has been. You shared a story earlier about very how he rarely. just kind of got right in your very, face, and very, that happens, very, right? Ra- very rarely, though. Very yeah, rarely. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, right? Because that's a little scary. Yes, but, indeed it was. <laughs> when he gets you. But, um, but I, I feel like when I made the choice of, I, it's not up to me anymore. I can't fix it. I feel like God at that point began to give me some consistent, persistent messages. Maybe I was reading something and, and a scripture jumped out to me that said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And then maybe I was in Hobby Lobby and I saw a sign that said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And then I was listening to a song and I heard that message. And so it seemed to me, and maybe I, my eyes were open and my ears were open because, you know, God did that for me because I was so desperate. I, I felt like he just continued to speak into my life and I began to hear truth. And I was in the word more and I was in, you know, in church more. And I was listening because I was so thirsty to hear something good about me. And he absolutely stepped up and started reinforcing that, that I am good, that I, that I was created on purpose, that I have a purpose, that I'm forgiven, that I'm loved, that I'm valued and I'm treasured and I'm accepted and I'm approved of. And all these things I was so desperate to feel from the world, he was filling that space. Well, it's interesting, you know, how you say that, because, you know, all those things we can feel like we're doing, like mm. we're believing those things, but why isn't it resonating? And, and kind of what you're describing is that Holy Spirit moment where you yeah. really gave over your free will to God. You really said, you know what, it's not going to be my way anymore. But I because, got desperate. I yes, toyed with that's it what for I mean. so long. Yes, I think, yeah, and I think yeah. we do toy with it. Oh, we, Lord, oh make my, me love myself. Oh, absolutely. Because we make, still yeah. are kind of trying to do it our exactly. own way. You know, and I know for myself, I wanted to feel those feelings in a certain way. Yeah. And I had to really release that. And God said, you know, I want you to feel those feelings you're wanting, but they may not be in the way you want. Like, I might not give you big hair to mm-hmm. fix that problem. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. And so I had to really reconcile myself to my own self-will and say, okay, God, it's your way. How are you going to help me feel those things that you want me to feel? Because I have a way I would like to feel that way. Right. But God is saying, you know what? I have a better way that's real, that's authentic, that's genuine, that's lasting. I found this scripture that I, that God highlighted for me, and it it literally knocked me upside the head. It it um, changed everything for me, and it's Psalm forty six ten. And everybody's probably heard this. It's that be still and know that I'm God. Yes. Okay, we have one but minute. We have one minute. In the NASB, it says, cease striving oh and know that gosh. I'm God. That's and I realize awesome. I've been striving all my life. See, that's awesome. Because those moments, those Holy Spirit uh-huh. moments when God makes that word so true to you. Yes. And he can then usher in truth into your life, which is where yes. this book has come from, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. Well, I love this. So we have one more segment. So listeners, I hope that you stick with me. And we have one more segment with Carrie Scott with her book, Untangled. 
This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. If you want to listen to this show in its entirety, please go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and we are in the last part of our show right now. I have with me Carrie Scott, the author of a new uh, new book called Untangled, and it is not out yet. It will be out June 2nd, so that's very exciting. So you can pre-order this book, and one of the ways that you get a hold of Carrie Scott is at, I have her contact information here, carriescotttalks.com. And you spell her name a little differently. It's C-A-R-E-Y-S-C-O-T-T-T-A-L-K-S dot com or untangledwomen.com. So, Carrie, this is the last part of our show, and it's just been so enjoyable to have you. Thank you. Um, And I really wanted to have you maybe talk a little bit more to listeners about, you know, the whole inner voices and really encouraging women not to give up. But with this, you know, you and I know what it feels like to feel that heavy just, you know, lead cloak of shame, you know, where you Uh just, you're presenting this person that looks like you've got it together, but inside you feel just terrible, yucky, horrible, all that stuff. Uh So what, what would be some advice? What would you say about all of that? These voices that we listen to that you said it spot on. We spend so much time trying to look so put together and perfect on the outside and we are dying inside. We are, we feel so bad about who we are. And when we are listening to these voices, be it the enemy's voice or our inner bully that we're doing to ourselves, or even just replaying messages that people have said to us, uh, like the abuser had said to me, you are bad and you're dirty and you'll never be worth anything. When we entertain those messages, uh, it, it tears us apart. We, we struggle because we can't find any way to be content with who we are. We're never good enough. Nothing we do ever reach that, reaches the standard that we think we should have. And so we're left struggling for joy. And we miss out on loving and being loved because we, we don't feel worthy of it. Or we don't feel like we can trust it. And we live offended lives, easily offended, you know, easily hurt, believe everything that, that comes through, you know, through in, in our face, in our ears. We, I mean, if somebody says something bad or we read something, somebody left a message on our Facebook wall or whatever it might be, we believe what everybody says exactly. about us. Right. Right. And that's really tr- uh, that's a really tough life to live. And so the question you asked me was, how would I encourage women to not give up on this journey of exactly. being untangled? Yes. I think uh, every woman's journey is going to be different because everyone's tangles are different. Uh, but God makes it clear in his word that he will bless those who persevere. We read it in Hebrews 10, 36, and 37. Even Galatians 6, 9 says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So the, the doing good that we're doing right now is trying to believe we are who God says we are. And if we continue to persevere, which is sometimes so hard to do, it's easy to give up. It takes courage to keep 
pursuing that healing. And if we do that, and I've, and, I'm, and I've seen it, I've walked this out, I'm, a, you know, I'm speaking from experience. If you continue to pursue God, and you pretend, continue to pursue this healing that He so desperately wants for you, and if you continue to choose to make these choices that you're going to believe you are who God says you are, and you're going to do all the things that God is asking you to do and that we know to do, you know, be in his word, be in good community, you know, listen to what um, pastors are saying and, and good music that really speaks life into us. If we continue to pursue that, he is not going to let us fall flat. That's not how God operates. Well, I think that's so powerful because, you know, we do get weary in well-doing. And, and we sure. mix up the, the doing with performance-oriented and yes. doing with the, what God is asking us to do. You know, we get this kind of confused. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I think it also comes down to a level of acceptance that I had to really accept who I was, you know, mm-hmm. and, and God really gave me another one of those kind of powerful moments. It wasn't as hard hitting as the one I originally talked about, but, you know, it was this, this moment that he kind of, and this was an epiphany to me. It may not be to other people, but it was like, he said to me, you know, Cynthia, you're going to be with you forever. You're going to be Cynthia forever. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh my goodness, Forever. Like somehow, I don't know if I thought I was going to be different in heaven. Yeah. You know, I was going to be a different uh-huh. person that I liked better. That's a great, you know? that's a great point. But it was, <laughs> yeah. Was, Who am I going to be in heaven? Exactly. It was like this, this powerful moment where God said, you know, you can either have peace with you down here, but you're going to be with you forever because I want to be with you forever. And it was this powerful feeling of he wants, somebody wants to be with me forever. Mm-hmm. That was so powerful to me, you know, and I really had to say, wow, I need to make you know, I, I need to come to terms with me and make peace with me because I, I wanted to so many times unzip myself and crawl out, you know? Mm-hmm. And and God is like, no, I made you for me and I want to be with you forever. And I, you know, and it was like this very powerful moment of acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, and that helped me, you know, in some ways be able to take in those messages that God had that had otherwise bounced off my brain. That's so good. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think also... um you know, the scripture that I shared in the last segment, that cease striving and yes. know that I am God. Yes, talk about that more because that okay, was that, very powerful. That was uh, that was a uh, lights on, all lights on, <laughs> you know, high alert, like, oh my gosh, I feel like all I've done is strive. So you brought up a second ago, it's not performance-based. I'm so glad right. you said that. Right. I would never want any of your listeners to leave thinking that it's all up to us. Right. That's So thank you for bringing that up. That cease striving is exactly what that is. Basically what God was saying to me is stop trying to do it yourself. Exactly. Stop trying to be God. I'm God. Stop trying and know that I'm God. And so when I'm talking, you know, when I mentioned a second ago, some of the things that we could do, how I would encourage you to never give up, you know, you can stay in the word, you can, you know, listen to what people that you trust, pastors and, and, you know, Bible teachers and stuff are are telling you when I'm telling you that this is not a performance base, there's no formula here. There's no formula. It's so powerful because we are so formulaic in just how we do everything. We're all outcome oriented. Well, yeah, I mean, who, whoever goes on a fast, you know, I'm going to fast for prayer and lose five pounds along, you know, it's, exactly. it's, du- it's a dual purpose here. Exactly. But I, performance, God says, stop it. Yes. You know, another, another translation says, step out of the traffic. Oh, my goodness. That must be the Message Bible. I, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> but, but the whole idea is almost surrendering to him. Yes. And yes. that gets such a bad rap. 
in society because it makes us think we have to be a doormat or we're weak or we don't have a voice. And that's, I mean, who would ever, who would ever follow a God that, that that's what his plan would be for you to become, you know, well, exactly. inferior. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, surrendering is not quitting. Exactly. You no, know, I mean, and surrendering is surrendering. A choice. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. really giving over, giving up to, you know, it's like children surrender to us. Our pets surrender to us. It's an active yes, word. It, it is, is not a passive word. And, and it really is putting yourself in the care mm-hmm. of, an, of, of a loving God that is wanting to really do the surgery that you need to have done. And, and there he are wants times you to start I, squirming, you know? Yes, exactly. And there are times I start, I, I will surrender today. Okay, right. Lord, I really am going to speak and I feel horrible. I don't like any of my, I'm having a wardrobe crisis. Right. I don't like anything I'm wearing. <laughs> my gray hair is not participating with what I want. And I'm going to stand up there and they're all going to judge me and criticize me. And I have to stop and go, you know what? I am doing what you've asked me to do. And I'm going to surrender this. I'm going to place this fear I have of judgment from them on the altar. And Lord, I just give that back to you. Because I'm just doing what you've asked me to do. I'm just being who you've asked me to be. And, and you keep telling me that's enough. And I choose to believe you. See, I think that's awesome. And I, I hope you listeners are hearing a lot of what Carrie is saying. Because, uh, Carrie, a lot of what you're you know, exuding is just some real authenticity and honesty. And that's who really Christ is and who he mm-hmm. wants us to be. Uh-huh. And I really appreciate that because there's so much health and healing when we just really say, you know, God is okay with me. I need to be okay with me. Mm-hmm. And let him do that work that he's been wanting to do that I keep trying to help him with. Right. Absolutely. Giving up that hold that we have to have on everything in our lives. Because, you know, I think women are notorious for being a bit of a control freak. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, and I, I am a control freak with epic trust issues. So <laughs> it's really hard for me to go, okay, God, I feel so ugly today, but here you go. And, and remind me who I am. That, that is a really hard thing for me to do. But here's the cool thing, Cynthia, is the more that I do it, the quicker I am to do it. Absolutely. And the easier it becomes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just training our brain to do something differently. And it's refusing to have our brain that's fallen, that always wants to go to the negative. It's refusing to follow right. our brain. to the, You know, I tell clients every day, you know, you tell your brain what to think. Otherwise, mm-hmm. your brain is going to tell you what to think. So good. So are you following your brain or are you telling your brain what to do for you? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know, our brain is our computer. Imagine if I just listened to my computer all day mm-hmm. and did whatever, it, whatever came up on the web. That yeah. would be frightening. That would be frightening. (laughs) And our our brains are scary enough as as it is. We don't need anything else in there. Exactly. Wow. (laughs) There are so many times I take the train to crazy town. I know. And I am, you know, I I am so far down the tracks of worthlessness or unforgiveness or shame or whatever it is uh, that has just hit me at that moment. And I'm, you know, I got a one-way ticket to crazy town and I have to stop the train. It's so amazing. Yeah. And, and, and turn around and go back. It's, that's a, it is a choice. It is such a choice. We get to choose. We get to, you know, God gave us a brain for a reason and, and we need to use it. We're not victims and we're not hopeless and helpless. Well, I think it's really very powerful, and I'm excited about your book. I'm excited for it to come out, and I'm glad that we got to help promote it because I believe in a lot of what you're saying, and and I love the process that you go through in the book, and the questions are very helpful. Mm, Thank you. So 
we we have maybe a couple minutes, and I did not get to talk about this issue of shame with you. Mm. So if you could do one minute about, I mean, really, deserve, I've done a whole show on shame before, so it's hard yeah. to do it in one minute. But the right. power that it has for you. This was a huge deal for me because I didn't realize I had shame. I wasn't really a guilt person, and so I thought they were the same. And so when I started writing and it came out from my fingers onto my keypad that I was struggling with shame, I had to go look it up in the dictionary. And here's what I found, that guilt is feeling bad about something that you've done. But shame is feeling bad about who you are. Exactly. And I burst into tears, and I I cried those big tears where the snot and the mascara mixes on your face (laughs) and you're just a wreck because I realized I have been dripping with shame since that incident when I was four years old and the shame that has covered me in so many areas. We're still untangling that today. Yeah, it's really, it's very powerful to realize. But you know, that's the first feeling that Adam and Eve felt with shame. Mm -hmm. You know, they had guilt over what they did and they Mm -hmm. fell into shame. Yes. And so, you know, it's like when we take on those behaviors and think that they are who we are. Uh-huh. instead of recognizing that that's a behavior, you know, and that was a bad yes. choice on my part. And so exactly. I, it's okay for me to feel guilty. I wish more people had guilt, mm-hmm. you know, right. we don't have enough <laughs> guilt going around anymore these days, but exactly. we have way too much shame because we have so much bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So, uh, absolutely. Well, I really am so thankful that you were on today. And if you can give listeners your, um, in, your contact information again, and we will end the show. Probably the easiest place to go right now would be untangledwomen.com. There you can take a quiz. I have an online quiz that is quick and fast, and it will tell you what your tangle is. Oh, I so love that. You can go that. and take that quiz, and then I will send you resources to deal with that specific tangle. Um, you can also download two free chapters of the book. You can pre-order the book from there. And also you can find me at my home website, which is carryscotttalks.com. You can find a link to find me um, and the other things that I do in ministry. So untangledwomen.com is the place to go right now. That is amazing. Thank you. I, I really have enjoyed the show today. And so listeners, yes. make sure that you make note of that. And I'm going to go take the quiz. That is, yes. I love taking quizzes and <laughs> I love resources. So I will certainly use that for many of my own clients as well. So Carrie, it's been, it's been great having you. And listeners, I really want to encourage you about this idea of choice and self-acceptance and knowing how precious and valuable and loved you are by God and that it isn't about what you do. It's about really who you are. And he is really okay with who you are really loves who you are and really wants to untangle how you feel about yourself, especially that negativity. So thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And if you have not been able to listen to the show in its entirety, please go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Visit me on my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. Have a blessed week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.